not worrying about something isn't condoning it. It's just recognizing what's in your control and what's not. Hello and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, lead coach at Doc Working. And today we are going to talk to you about worrying. Are you a worry wart? Um, is that doing you any good? And to join me in this conversation is the CEO and founder of Doc Working, Dr. Jen Barna, a board certified radiologist and uh, somebody who I love having interesting conversations with about ways that we can support physicians. Jen, when you think about worrying, what comes to mind for you? Thanks, Jill. It's great to be here with you. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to hearing your input about this this conversation and this topic as well. So please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. I'm definitely a worrywart. I think anyone who knows me would probably see that right off the bat. I, I prefer to deny it, but I think it's pretty obvious. Um, my kids have put up with a lot of advice, you know, little tips throughout the day, every day, of, you know, do this this way so that you can avoid this happening or that happening. And, you know, as a radiologist, of course, I see a lot of, a lot of accidents and hear a lot of stories. So that only adds fuel to the fire. So I'm very excited to, to hear your thoughts from the coach's perspective and whether that's something that you commonly see among physicians and and clients that you work with. Yeah. I mean, worrying is one of those things that a, sometimes I think we just have a genetic pre um, disposition toward, and then also we have a lot of cultural conditioning and I always kind of thought of myself as somebody who was conscientious. I wouldn't have described myself as a worrier. It took um, collaboration with a brilliant therapist friend. Um, uh, well, we were doing a coaching and therapy collaboration, which she pointed out. She's like, yeah, I think some of the things you're calling conscientiousness is actually, um, I would call qualify as worrying. And when she really helped me understand, this has been more than 10 years ago, she helped me understand really the difference between um, worrying from a psychological perspective versus um, something more productive, like um, being prepared or being conscientious. Because worrying can be a really destructive habit. And I think it's important to know that worrying is not loving. My therapist friend, Susie, uh, always has said, worrying is not caring it's over-caring. It's projecting your fear onto someone you love, and it's often the opposite of helpful. And the other thing that I think came to my awareness when I really started studying and understanding worrying is that it does not keep bad things from happening. When things go wrong, we still feel terrible, right? But worrying about it ahead of time robs you of the peace and contentment or um, focusing on what's really happening now. I love the quote from uh, Nazi war camp survivor, Corey Ten Boom. She said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its troubles. It empties today of its strength. There's another thing that um, therapists will tell us about worry is sometimes we subconsciously create the things we worry about, right? If there's a million examples, but right, if I'm worried, my kid is going to be socially awkward and I get really tense and I try to tell them how they should act in social situations in ways that actually makes them feel more tense. Guess what? They're awkward in social situations. (laughs) That kind of stuff happens all the time. And I think one of the most important things to think about two final points that I like to make about worrying is it's, it's really a fake way to control things you can't control. It allows you to believe you're doing about something, doing something. Oh, I'm just worried about whether the flight's going to be on time makes it feel like somehow you can control whether the flight's on time, but it's not, it's fake control. And I think it's also important to understand that 
worry is often a cover story for a deeper emotion that one needs to be felt and processed like fear. <laughs> um, and so when we really can identify, now here's what I'm afraid of, feel and process that fear, decide whether we're in, it's in our locus of control or not. Whew, it just makes it a lot easier to move through that. So lots of thoughts on worry there. What comes up for you as you hear that, Jen? I'm worried I've been too conscientious over the years. <laughs> I like your framing of it. We'll still stick with the conscientious. And I, I, it's, you don't, I know people will say, well, I'm a worrier. What am I supposed to do? Stop worrying, right? It's a process. Letting go of worry is a process. And one of the most important ways that you can change it is to begin to notice it. Oh, um, we become so accustomed to worrying that we wear it around like a pair of uncomfortable shoes that we've just forgotten to take off. So if you get curious with yourself and just notice situations that trigger worry, and what it feels like in your body, you're more likely to be honest about it and say, ah, is this in my control? Another good question to ask yourself if you're worrying is, is this helpful? And if you answer that question honestly, a lot of times it helps you to shift your actions and behaviors. Um, another thing is that when you find yourself worrying about something, it can be helpful to just grab a piece of paper and say, okay, well, here's the outcome I'm worried about. What are three other possible outcomes? that are more helpful or meaningful in this situation, because that helps your brain um, not get so stuck on that negativity bias, which our brain gives us as a way to try to help us keep um, safe from threats. And it helps us recognize, oh, there isn't really a, a threat here. I, there are some other outcomes here that could be more meaningful. And that can be a helpful way to get out of a worry spin cycle as well. I love that idea. That is a fantastic idea that I'm going to put to use right away because the truth is, as you said, so much that we tend to focus energy on and worry or conscientiousness, depending on your perspective. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly probably sounds like worry to other people, whereas you may just be trying to be cautious in your advice, but, or your thoughts, but as you say, so much of it is actually out of our control and there's no use in, in spending energy on things that we can't control when we could instead change our focus to the things that we want to control and that are actually within the range of our control. Exactly. And that goes back to a tool that we've talked about previously on the podcast. And that is simply sometimes when we find ourselves spinning, it can be really helpful to just grab a piece of paper, draw a circle in the middle. And what you find yourself worrying about, write inside the circle things that you have some ability to influence the outcome of or to change the results of in the circle and things that you're worried about that you have no ability to influence or change outside the circle. And often people will discover that a lot of their attention and energy is going toward things outside that circle that they really have no ability to, or no agency to change. And I use it with physician clients all the time. There's a, a couple of wise teachers I've heard, I've heard say through the years, worrying is praying for what you don't want. <laughs> and I always thought that was such a good way to flip on the script on thinking that worrying is somehow going to protect us, make it better or prevent things. And I think it's a, a good thing for us to keep in mind as we seek toward less worry and more focused attention on what we can control, what we can influence and what really matters to us. You're so right. I, I wonder if there's, it almost seems like there's a super 
superstitious aspect of it. Like you feel like if you don't worry or acknowledge or give this advice, if you don't acknowledge that possibility and try to sort through it, then, you know, it's somehow, I don't know, it sounds completely ridiculous, even as I'm saying. (laughs) It feels like you're not doing anything about it. Like you're somehow condoning it, right? And you're not condoning it. We're not worrying about something isn't condoning it. It's just recognizing what's in your control and what's not. Yeah. But I absolutely love the idea of changing your focus to the things that you can control. And it's such a relief to realize like, okay, well, I mean, I hope it doesn't turn out that way. It could turn out these other ways. That's another point that I've heard you mention on the podcast previously is that often what we worry about isn't what ultimately happens anyway. So in that case, it's wasted energy. And if it's something you can't control, it's also wasted energy. So given the constraints that we have in terms of how we can focus our time and our energy, it certainly makes sense to choose to focus on the things that we can control. Right. So I leave you with this concept again, that's used by many therapists and by wisdom teachers. Worry is not love, it's fear. So isn't it better if we want to choose something that's not um, fear as a way to, to have as a compass for our direction in life? I'm going to invite all of you guys not to beat yourself up for worrying, but to maybe trust your worrying a little bit less this week and try some of these things we've talked about with thinking about alternative outcomes instead of hyper-focusing on potential negative outcomes, um, recognizing the emotion that might be under the worry and giving yourself permission to really process and feel that emotion and notice if that worry doesn't alleviate a little bit as well. Final thoughts, Jen? I love these concepts. I'm going to put them to use myself immediately. I'm always learning from the podcast and from you and from the coaches at Doc Working. And you heard it here on Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. Thank you for being here with us today. Let's face it, sometimes in medicine, leaders end up in their positions because of their achievement, not because of their leadership skills. If you're in medicine and you're a leader and you wanna improve your skills, or perhaps you're a physician who would like to be a leader someday, if either of those things are true, then you need to hire a physician leadership coach, somebody with lots of experience working with physicians to help them identify what kind of a leader they wanna be, help them implement a plan to become that leader, and to help them leverage their strengths so that they can be the best they can be in a leadership position. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you for being here. Please check us out at docworking.com and please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening.